You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to episode 59 of Agency Highway. Today, I have a repeat guest, Josh Hall. Josh, thanks for coming. James, thanks for having me on again, man. Yeah. I'm super, I super pumped to talk with you again here. Yeah, and this is a total selfish episode uh, for me because I am just starting to record my Zapier Mastery course um, and if you've been uh, following me lately, you would have seen that go out in the group. I think I mentioned it in an episode. Uh, it's not live right now, but if you go to jimmyrose.me slash zapier-mastery, um, you can get on the list uh, to know when that goes live. But uh, point being, Josh is a friggin' master of courses. He's made tons of them. Um, we've even spoken about this uh, before at um, episode seven. So it was over a year ago, Josh. Yeah, we so we just looked. It was just over a year ago. And what was interesting about that is I was just planning out my first course and I was just ready to launch my first course. So a year later, I'm six courses in and I just launched the pre-order for my seventh course today. Uh, so I'm loving it, man. I love the course life. I can't wait to talk about all that in more detail. Yes. And what prompted me to want to get you on uh, is because you created it's like a two hour YouTube video or something like that uh, <laughs> about how you create your courses. Um, and I'm recognizing where I'm seeing you stand right now because you filmed your, uh, your little setup and I can see that's <laughs> where you're standing right now. And I watched that because at the time I had a lot of people asking me to build a course and I was like, I have no friggin' idea where to start. And um, I've basically followed your advice to a T so far. Um, including getting coffees and walking around in between. <laughs> I, I will, of course, link this two-hour video up in the uh, show notes if you were thinking of creating a course. That's great, man. I appreciate that because it is such a long video. I mean, it's basically a documentary. I essentially documented my 10-day journey that I took in creating one of the courses I did earlier this year. And uh, yeah, I documented everything from how I lay everything out, how I work with the tools, how I record videos, what I do in between, which like you mentioned was go to coffee shops or <laughs> walk the dog or, or see my wife, and my little baby. So yeah, we, uh, it, it was a long video. I wasn't expecting to get a whole lot of views, but I think for the people who were interested, yeah, hopefully it provided some value uh, and at least got you excited for what you can mm. do, you know, in a, in a relatively short span. I mean, that was 10 days and it was a pretty big course that was built out. Um, so yeah, you can do a little, you can do a lot in a couple of weeks course wise. Yeah. And you said, but you say it's a long video as if, but it's so much shorter than all the, like, there's so many courses out there on how to create a course. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I was like, I don't know how much I trust any of these, but then like, I knew you were creating courses and they were selling and you just made a video on it. So I was like, this is an easy two hours, right? Like, it makes <laughs> nice. For me to watch. Um, and yeah, so this episode, if you're listening to this, um, if you are thinking of creating a course, um, this is going to be ideal for you because, I mean, this is where I am right now. Um, and I guess I just want to step through with Josh, like how to actually go about this. I literally just recorded 
my first two lessons this morning. Um, right as I sat down to record, some guy two houses down started up with an angle grinder. Uh, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I was like pumped. I've had a shower. I've like got a nice shirt on. I'm like got everything ready, clean my desk, clean what's behind me here. You can't see that because you're listening probably. But I was like super pumped and then just like angle grinder. God damn it. <laughs> Dude, and that is the way it works sometimes, man. If you're not in a studio that's perfectly soundproofed and away from everything else, yeah, inevitably you're going to have some little mishaps like that. Hopefully it didn't go on too long though because if they were working for an hour, then you're like, you know, you're shot. You're, you're yeah. Well, he obviously shot. cut everything that he needed to cut up and then uh, and he stopped. So I actually got two lessons in. So um, yeah. And so let's, I want to quickly run through your steps before, uh, well, actually maybe even just what you did in the video and if anything's changed since then. So like, what's your process for building a course? Like from day one, it's like, okay, I want to build a course on X. Where do we start? Yeah, I guess it, so it depends on the industry too. And I know your podcast is, is reaching a lot of people who have agencies. So the the notion for a course might be a little bit different than it is for me. So for those who don't know me, I do a lot of tutorials on WordPress and the Divi theme by Elegant Themes. And I'm, I'm fairly known in that community. And that's what really prompted me to start building courses. So I kind of know, to answer your question, is I knew that the courses that I were going to create we're going to be for web designers who are just starting out learning WordPress, learning Divi. And that kind of became the framework for me to figure out what courses I wanted to build. Mm. Um, for agencies, it might be a little bit different, although I still think there's a massive need for courses. Like you're talking about automation. I will be the first one to sign up for <laughs> that when you have that sucker out for pre-order. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's too too crazy to think about doing courses for clients or almost like webinar style courses that get people in the door, whether it's social media. I mean, you've had some other guests talk about some of their courses that they're doing uh, with more like broad stroke kind of industries that are a good way to lead into clients. So uh, there's just a ton of reasons to get into courses. And, and I just love it. I mean, so, so to answer your question, where I start is I figure out first of all, what I know well and what I do well, and then if there's a need for it. So the first course I ever built last year was a course on building a website maintenance plan or a care plan, if you want to call it that. And I did that because I was so passionate about that because it literally changed my life. Recurring income with our website mm -hmm. maintenance plan changed my family's life. So I was super passionate about getting that out. And then my biggest requested course at that time last year was because I do so many tutorials, I do a lot of Divi stuff and CSS related tw uh, tweaks and, and tricks was to do a CSS course. So that was the second one. And then heading into the new year, what I did was I kind of knew I wanted to do a certain set of courses. And what I ended up doing was putting four courses out for pre-order and the ones that sold the most on pre-order, that's what I worked on first. That's so awesome. that's just kind of how I went out uh, about it. So, um, yeah. And, and that's, I think what's key there is that you had a, an understanding of your audience, right? Like you've been doing this for a long time. You've got a, a YouTube channel, you've got like a Facebook group, you know, your audience. And so you've got access to people are, like people are probably asking you questions, right? Is that... Yes, absolutely. They're asking me questions. And I did a poll. So I have a, a Facebook group called Divi Web Designers. So if you happen to use Divi, definitely come and join the group. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I did a poll on, yeah, I did a poll on what courses people would be interested in. So I did kind of keep that in the back of my mind, but, um, but yeah, and a lot of it was fairly common sense. I thought back to when I got started and when I got started in web design, like what should I have learned uh, quickly and what would I have liked some guidance and mentorship on? So that's really kind of how I went about it. Um, it's very simple. I'm a simple dude. It, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't rocket science. I just thought about, you know, what would I have liked to learn? What, what do I know? Well, what am I good at? And what do, where's the need? And that's the other thing too. Like I've been requested to do an SEO course numerous times, but I, I'm not an SEO expert by any means. Mm. So I kind of want to learn a little more before I really put myself out there as kind of an expert on it. And um, well, another option here, and, and this is, I'm sort of forward thinking here because I know there's going to be other bits and pieces that people want to learn like active campaign, right? My course is on Zapier. I kind of want people to know active campaign, if I don't create a course on that, I can just, I, like, I know people that have courses with affiliate programs and I can yes. just like go to this course. Um, and of course, um, you still can make some money out of that because there's affiliate uh, kind of deals and you can have cross promotions and whatever. Um, before we go on with, um, actually just quickly. Yeah. So have you thought about doing that with your SEO thing? Yeah. Well, I will say too, the only, the only thing about that as well, I, I mean, that's a great idea. And actually, I think you had a guest on an episode I listened to recently that I was wanting was to check. Yeah, it was Pete. Pete Everett, yeah. I know. I, your podcast is like my favorite new podcast right now. Damn. So every, every episode is gold. I always think like, yeah, it might be an okay episode. And then <laughs> I'm hooked like 45 minutes later. Wow, man. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but but yeah, so yeah, when it comes to like the courses, as far as like sending people elsewhere, the only thing about that I've kind of learned is that when students really like you as a teacher, they will be down for whatever you teach. Mm. Um, and I kind of learned that with my first one because it was really cool to see people become like true, true fans and they were really getting some, some good value. And so I kind of realized every course that I launched, people, I was getting a lot of repeat students. Um, and they're pretty much like, you know, like if you're going to do, one of them even said like, well, I'll just wait till you do an SEO course. Wow. Uh, which is really cool. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, it puts a good pressure on me to, to get that done. But, uh, but yeah, that's a great way to go about it. But it is interesting. Like once you get a, a solid foundation uh, for students, at least, seems like they'll be down for whatever you put out, man. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I can, this kind of ties into what we were talking about when creating the first course is if you have access to an audience and, and people you can talk to, that's going to enable you to craft the idea for the course because you can ask people what they want and people are going to be asking you questions. Now that you've got courses, the people that are taking them are just going to give you more and more ideas, right? And this can snowball into more courses. Exactly. Yeah. And you will get requests from people who go through the course. You'll, you know, you're going to get plenty of ideas from them as far as what would work out for an additional course or add on. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and one thing I would say is it, it would be tougher to sell just a flat SEO course for me opposed to like a Divi SEO course, mm. because I prefer, since I'm in that community, that's kind of my following. That's my tribe. I try to keep it a little more niche. Mm-hmm. Um, or niche or as you might say, or, <laughs> yep. or niche as we say in Ohio. Uh, I please tell me that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. We're, we're not that hillbilly around here. 
No, but um, but I had thought about... So the course I, I launched today for pre-order is a web design business course. And I had debated on doing a Divi-specific web design business course, but it's not really covering anything in particular to Divi. So I'm just making it kind of generalized and it's going to work for my audience. I mean, I don't expect too many people to randomly find it. So I'm cool with keeping it within my tribe and see where it spreads and goes. Yeah, and that's so cool that you can snowball it like this. Uh, before we actually talk about building the course, um, I thought I'd just talk about where, the point I'm at because I'm literally on the cusp of building the course, right? Like uh, I've done a lot of planning um, and but had a pre-sale and all this kind of thing. And I think it might be helpful um, if we just talk about that quickly, just run through what I did because... You know, of course, I had uh, somewhat of an audience um, already uh, through the Facebook group. But to be honest, um, that actually didn't result in where I got most of my feedback and um, and pre-sales and that kind of thing. So at the be- in the beginning, I had a few people, uh, and this is how I knew I wanted to build a course, is because people were asking me for help with Zapier, right? So that's, that's always a good um, starting point, I think, if a lot of people are asking you for the same thing. Um, people want to automate because I talk about, I was talking about automation all the time and people are like, I have no idea anything about automation I'd like to learn. Um, and I had one, a uh, couple of people even say like, can you do a course? I'll give you money. And I went, yeah, bullshit. You will like you're all talk. <laughs> a lot of people say they will pay for something, but then when the time comes, they won't. So I, um, the first thing I actually created a, a, a form, like a questionnaire sort of thing, and just asked a whole bunch of stuff about like what they want in a course, like what, what would it mean? Um, like how would the course be a success for them? What results do they need for it to be a success? What would prevent them taking the course? And um, a couple of pricing questions I stole from uh, Price Intelligently about like what's too expensive, what's too cheap um, that you would think it's like not quality and then what's good value and then what's like on the high side. So there's these four price points and that gave me unbelievable feedback um, because then I learned like what people were struggling with the most in automation. Um, So I could talk about that in the course. I got price points. And I got basically copy for my um, website. So it was like, what stops you taking the course would stop you taking it. They were all the objections that I could just cover in my copy. Um, And then I created a sales page um, for a pre-launch and said, you know, the course will be $400. If you sign up now, it doesn't exist. Um, It'll be $100. if you sign up now, um, I'm planning on launching it on this date. Um, and there's a 30 day money back guarantee after launch. So all of that seems to just bloody work. And yeah, it was, uh, I got like 70 pre-sales. And so basically the course is hundred percent validated at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the beautiful things about courses. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of the benefits of doing one, but yeah, I mean, you can make, I mean, and we both come from website design where 40, 50, 60, 70 hours on a project is not uncommon. Mm. So to be able to spend, say, 30, 35 hours on a course, that's probably, you know, depending on the size of the course, I would say you might ballpark it at like 40 altogether, something like that. Mm. Um, for, you know, a, a course that's like maybe 20, 25 lessons. Your, your ROI is, you're going to make that back very, very quickly. And then the great thing about that is then it's just the gift that keeps on giving as mm-hmm. it moves forward. Um, so yeah, I, it's just, 
I think it's a great way to go. It's one reason I love courses, particularly coming from web design, which I still do. So it makes me even appreciate courses mm. even more. Yeah. It sounds like, James, that you kind of... I, I loved hearing that because it did sound like you took kind of my phase one of my process, which was identify who the... I'm kind of reading it right now. Identify who the course is for, lay out your initial structure, your posts, and kind of get a, a good framework in your head. And then... I like to create a sales page out of that. I like to get the structure in place and then create that sales page. To your point, asking questions from your demographic, that can really provide a lot of content for you. And then the cool thing about doing the sales page first is I found that that kind of makes you create the course to achieve those goals. Yes. So like my, my web design uh, business course that I'm launching and going to work on here, if I'm talking about, you know, pricing, raising your rates, getting content, workflows, onboarding, and all that. I kind of know what to work on my content for because I want all of those things covered mm. in the content. So it's a great way to go about it. And then, yeah. And then going you know, from there, really, once you get the, uh, the pre-sale going, you get a feel for how it's going to go. And I wouldn't judge it too harshly there. Like, like I know a couple courses I did, but the pre-sales didn't go great. I think some people wanted to kind of see some reviews and see how it was going to go. I'm also fairly new into the course realm. Uh, but then out of nowhere, you'll just get like waves of students. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, shoot, 70 pre-sales. And what's, what's the pricing at? You said it was like 400? Uh, well, that's what I said it would be. Um, but it was discounted to 100 uh, just because okay. it's like, yeah. So it's, it's quite, it's a heavy discount because it doesn't freaking exist, right? Nice, nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> same thing I did. So my business course is going to be on the low end to start because I'm going to have probably 25 videos and mm -hmm. posts. Uh, it's 397, but I've got the pre-order sale for 297, and then I'm giving an additional 50 off to my current students. That's one thing I would always do too. Uh, as our buddy James mm -hmm. Ramko likes to say, don't be a phone company. So <laughs> meaning, don't screw over your great loyal current customers. Yes. Don't give all the discounts to new people. Give them a, maybe a little discount, but give your best discounts to your current students. Absolutely. Uh, Loyalty is massive. And James yeah. Ramko is really big on that. Yeah. And it's paid off. It's worked. Like I've really treated my students like gold and I've got some people who are like, you know, followers for life through it, which has been really cool. Um, uh, yeah. So just quickly, um, I, you said it just before actually, um, with the modules on your sales page. Yeah. That was massive. Like that really helped me plan like exactly what you said. Like I helped, I, I sat down and planned the modules to solve those goals and put that on. That was like great content for the sales page. Cause it's like, this is what you will get, especially because it doesn't exist yet. Right. Like you have to show them that, that what they're getting. Um, so, and that you were serious about this. I think that made a pretty big difference. Yeah. And I think having a course structured, you know, at least to where it's like 80 or 90% done as far as the structure is, is crucial because if you just say, Hey, I'm going to sell this course, but there's no detailed information, you're not going to get any sales. People, you know, they don't know what to expect. You don't even know what to expect because you haven't mm -hmm. built the course yet. So yeah, I think it's a great way to go. Uh, and there's probably a lot of other avenues too, where when it comes to laying out your, your structure uh, that can really help you build content or, you know, mm. provide a service or whatever. It can, Absolutely. you can use that idea for a lot of different things. And it was kind of calming too, because I was like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing, but the more structure I built and the more, like the more I got into this, I was like, okay, no, I can see how I will record this. You know, I, I know I can break this down. How many, how many modules do you have or do you plan to have? Uh, it's changed a lot now. Um, 
I'm actually using Airtable um, to plan it all out, and it's um, man, it's been pretty awesome so far. But I have my MVP will have uh, there's two courses. There's a basics and advanced. There's 15 videos of about two hours total in the basics, and 28 videos um, of a hundred. Uh, nearly three hours video in the advanced. Okay, course. nice. So what's really cool about that, James, is like I'm a I'm I wouldn't say I'm a checklist guy, but I am a results driven guy. And once you get like half of the videos done and the post done, then you're like, well shit, I'm like halfway done. And then <laughs> then you really get the fire to continue on. And then you're like, oh wow, I'm like three quarters of the way done. And then <laughs> you see light at the end of the tunnel. And the beauty about courses as you will find is because we have similar paths. I, I haven't done, like I have some product stuff, just some Divi layouts. It's very low end, but um, opposed to service work and opposed to product work, you are in full control of your course. Like no students are like, Hey James, can you make this button orange or just make it pop? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's nobody like, you know, you will get feedback and you can ask for constructive criticism and stuff. But mm. You, it's like your product. It's your baby. You made it. You make it however the heck you want, and then you sell it. And it's just and it's different than a product because it's not something that somebody is using in their business per se, or using on a site that can break or needs to update with WordPress yeah. or is updating as an app or something like that. Like you, you know, you're going to have updates on your system, but for on their end, they just consume it and that's it. Like it's, mm. it's just awesome. I love it, man. I just absolutely love the course stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to get pretty excited by this already, but um, I, I feel like I haven't been this excited about something in a while before we, uh, I wanted to move on with um, actually sort of planning the course after you've got the modules, but just wanted to circle back quickly. Cause I forgot to mention that um, uh, cause people might be listening to this and thinking, Oh, but yeah, that's all well and good. You guys had audiences before you even started creating a course. So my initial uh, list of the, who submitted my form were actually literally Facebook friends. Like I shared this on Facebook for God's sake. Like I, this wasn't like an email out to thousands of people or something. This was like, People I knew on Facebook, a lot of those are business owners uh, with and relationships that I've built up over time because I, 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 this is what I do. Like on Wednesdays, I like I literally spend time making sure I'm still talking to people, connecting with new people, um, and building like a network of relationships. And like I mentioned it to a few people uh, when the sales page went live, and they all shared it for me. I didn't even ask. I was like, "Wow, like this is a like." super humbling to have that many people share it literally just from relationships that I've built. So um, I guess what I wanted to say there is like, this isn't some massive email list that like enabled me to get this off the ground. It was literally just people that I have met over the years and Facebook. So, yeah. Yeah. And particularly, you know, since the, a large part of the demographic listening to this are web or, you know, web designer, digital agencies, there are so many ways you can integrate courses. Like I said, I mean, you could, if you were to do a webinar for your clients per se, that is about uh, social media, for example, maybe you give quite a bit of really good information there. That's just enough to get people interested in more because most people aren't going to want to just dive right into a big course unless they're, they feel like they need it, they want it, or they have the time to go through it. But if you offer something like that and then it leads into the course, then that's a great way to kind of funnel people in with a very you know, limited audience, like you're saying. 
Um, so yeah, there's, there's several ways to, to kind of promote courses and to build traction. And it only takes a couple people for it to, to spiral into something that spreads, you know, particularly if you have an affiliate program mm. or if you're, um, you know, I mean, it's all, again, results. If you give one person results, they'll likely encourage somebody else to check mm-hmm. it out. They'll encourage somebody else. And yeah, you, I mean, it may start off small, but you know, in the long run, it could build into something that's really incredible. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm super excited. Like, cause I love marketing. I just can't wait to be able to actually just spend so much time on marketing this and, and talking to students and redoing it. I just want to get the bloody thing done and then, and then uh, actually spend time on like marketing and improvement and community and stuff. Yeah. And that's one thing that's cool about courses too. This could apply to the folks who are like, well, I don't have an audience. Who am I? Who's going to buy my course is one thing you can do is kind of what I'm planning on doing. Um, probably in the next couple months here is to revise and update my older courses. So the course that I launched a year ago, I'll be updating and revising and then I'll push that out as kind of like a revised course. So it's going to have a whole new sales cycle. And, but this time I've got reviews, I've got stuff backing it up and then, you know, it probably won't take me to, I'll probably do an extra five or 10 videos and then push it out. So it's kind of like a product that you can refine and add on to without doing all the groundwork again. And then it's something you can resell every year. So if you start out with 10 people who buy the course and then a year later you have a hundred, it's just, it's a whole new ball game. It's really cool. I think we're going to need to do a second episode just about marketing. Uh, And I will, I'm totally down for that. Um, For the rest, I I want to, let's, let's talk about actually creating the course because we've got, you know, we've created an outline, we've got the initial feedback um, and and maybe we've done some pre-sales. So the next thing that I loved that you did uh, was actually writing out each course, like literally typing it, typing it out into some documents. And that's what I've got in my, uh, air, um, my air table here. I've got, I planned out, you know, inside the course, there is a module and inside uh, each module, I've got a list of lessons. And then the first thing I did was go through and write a brief summary of what each lesson would be. Um, and had a status that I changed to planned, uh, in quotes. (laughs) And then um, once I'd planned them all, I literally went through and created a Google document for all of them and just started typing the link to the Google documents right there in my Airtable. You can do this with a spreadsheet too. Um, And then once I'd written it all out, it became uh, written was the status. And then after I did them all again, I came through and proofread them all and, and, and then now they're all marked as proofread. So, and this, this going through this process has like, I've altered the core. I've put in new lessons, taken lessons out, combined th- things, split things. It's been awesome going through this process. Cause I'm like, wait, I said, I talked about that, but I haven't yet. So now I need to put that lesson earlier. Um, this process has been awesome. I've learned so much just about Zapier, um, like trying to plan this out, right? Like stepping through everything before I record. And I just did my first two videos and they were just seamless because it's all planned. Nice. Yes, that's the big thing. And, and first of all, yeah, before I address that, yeah, you will learn so much more about what you taught. It's just like anything. When you present or when you give a workshop or a webinar on something that you know, you learn so much more about it. Um, mm. That is the big thing though. I would not go into a course and just get in front of a camera and start talking because then you're going to have to edit an hour video. It's very easy to ramble. It's very easy to get off track. It's very easy to take people in a direction that is confusing. 
which is why it's so important to have that layout and that structure because each lesson should, I think, should lead into the next lesson. So the beginning, like my business course, the beginning lessons are about mindset, some of the basic stuff, tools, all that good stuff. And then it goes into setting up the business, getting clients and all that. Then it goes into project management, retaining clients. And it's, it's, it's kind of leads them to the next step, to the next step. You want to mm. build them up. Um, and that's, yeah, that's the best way to go about it, I think, is to have it all written out, ideally, because that is your script. If you're going to do video, which most courses are, um, or I don't know, at least in our space, most mm. courses are going to have a video along with, a, with text. Um, it'll save you a lot of time. And the cool, I mean, to be honest, James, my courses are a mix of tutorials and blog posts. That's all they are. Like what I do in a blog post, that can be a course lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, You may restructure some things, but uh, it took a lot of pressure off of me when I started thinking about that. And that's one reason I delayed doing courses for a long time. I was like, well, I'm really good at tutorials and I really, I'm getting better at writing and doing blog posts. Like, you know, blogging for the Elegant Themes blog. And then uh, I kind of realized like, well, shoot, like people are really liking that. And I'm giving free tutorials online. What have I just basically made tutorials as a course? So that, that's what my content is. It's a video and then it's the content that was written out. And then a lot of cases I'm adding code if they're doing CSS or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Just to answer yeah. my question, I was going to say, do you put the content in the lesson as well? Because I wasn't sure if I would do that or not. Yep. I do the video and then I do the content below. And the, the really important thing about that too is I have some students that are, I mean, they're all over the world. It's a global, you know, uh, it's a global tribe, the web design tribe. So I had one gal from Brazil who, who emailed me and was like, hey, I love your tutorials, but my English isn't great. And I'm nervous about spending $300 on a course if I can't understand what you're saying. So she's <laughs> like, hey, your tutorials are really clear. Um, but there's, I, I don't have my tutorials transcribed because right. they're visual. So she was worried about that. And I let her know, I was like, well, I do have written posts with every lesson. So you get the video and the written content that follows along with the video. And uh, she went in for it. And then she ended up loving the first course. And she bought my course bundle, which is all my courses together. And yeah, she's like, she just, she's loving it. So, and it worked out really well. She, you know, English was not her first language, but by having it written out, it kind of alleviated that uh, stress. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, makes me think I should probably make sure I get transcripts as well for, for the videos. Um, it's pretty easy to do these days. Um, ah, damn it. I had something I was going to mention, but I forgot. Um, oh yeah. So the whole like, um, tutorials as a course kind of thing, I, I, I can just see some like objections there where it's like, why would people take my course if I'm teaching all this stuff for free? And cause this has been something I've, thought about um quite a bit and as i've gone through and made this course i've realized like why where the value is right like the the whole building up thing that you were talking about is exactly it because i'm starting this course like this most simple most simple things right like uh, like this is what a trigger is is what an action is and by the end it's just like it goes gets more and more complex and more and more complex but it like it's building them up and you get to be a friggin' Zapier wizard by the end of it. You know, some of the cool shit you get to make, but, and I was like, you don't get this with the free stuff, right? Like if I just do a call, like a little video on how to catch webhooks with Zapier, 
It's like, yeah, it helps with that one little thing, but there's so much other cool stuff you can do around webhooks and whatever um, that I can roll into the course and make it like a value add. Um, and they've learned a whole about a whole bunch of other stuff in order to build them up. Yeah. So I think the prime example of that is my YouTube channel is primarily a collection of tutorials for Divi and WordPress. Most of them are to do with CSS. So the question was, yeah, like why would I, you know, I'm giving all this free information out and all these tutorials on how to customize Divi with CSS. What's the need for a course? Well, if I do a 10 minute tutorial that shows you how to add these certain elements of CSS to a website, they might get a basic or they might get some understanding, but there's still so much. And I don't know how familiar you are, James, with code or CSS, but I'm not going to bore anybody with web language, (laughs) but some people are going to be like, well, what was an ID or where did that go? Or how do you write that? Like there's so many things you can't cover in a quick 10 minute video. Yeah. And there's just that like foundational understanding that you need to know. And that's what like my CSS course is all about. It's that foundational understanding. And then once they get to a point where they have the groundwork laid, then boom, they're off and running. They're dangerous website designers. They're more valuable. They're making more money. And that's where the value is. I don't know if my tutorials have made people that much money but I can tell you straight up that my courses have. Yeah. And well, that just hits the nail on the head there. And cause like I, this was always a concern of mine. It's like, well, especially cause there was one lesson that I was creating and I'm like, this is similar to, to a tutorial that I did. But then in that lesson, I was able to refer back to other things we talked about and like, build on previous examples to show it in like the real world. And, and that's only because, I'd had those previous lessons. So when you can refer between lessons and stuff, I think it makes it so much more valuable. At least I feel like it is like my mindset has completely shifted in the process of creating this to like, Oh, but like this stuff could be given away for free to like, nah, like this is definitely valuable now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, even things you give away for free, people will pay for in a different context if there's more meaning to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I mean, I think that's that's kind of it now, right? Like for the for the we're up to recording. We've we've written ri- written everything out, um, and then, like I said, once you've written that, it just became so easy to record. At least these first two, I've um, I, actually one cool thing I did in my proofreading step was go through and put like a little blurb at the top of each lesson for my preparation. So it's like these are all the tabs that I need to have open in preparation, like you know, maybe it's like documentation for webhooks or something. Um, and I've got them all open, ready to go. Um, and then I can just hit record and go. Right. Are you doing, are you doing a more tutorial style to where you're doing like a screencast while you're talking or are you doing video of yourself? The first, the first two were mostly myself, um, because they're kind of introductory and describing things. But from this point on, um, I won't need to shower before I record anything. Nice. Yeah. That's where, (laughs) yeah. Those videos I find go much faster because when you're, anytime you're recording yourself, I feel like it's just, it takes so much longer. And I know Mm -hmm. for me, one thing I would say to anyone who's doing any sort of course, or even if you're recording videos on Loom for clients or colleagues or anything else. A lot of times, at least for me, the first video can take a while to get through. seems like once I get my flow, once I get into that rhythm, then I can bust some videos out. So I would definitely clear some time out. Like don't leave yourself 15 minutes to record a couple videos. Leave yourself like an hour if you can Mm. or more because then you get in the flow. Because I've had times where I'm like, shit, 
I've got like, I'm in the flow, but I've got this freaking call with this web design client that I don't want to take. I'm, <laughs> I'm like loving, loving building this course right now. So, uh, I try to be very, I learned to be very, very intentional about, uh, my communication and leaving those big blocks open to get a lot done. Yeah. Particularly when it comes to videos. I think you'll find this James, like you'll, you'll get in a flow and then you might be able to bust out four or five videos. And then you're like, shoot, I'm halfway through the beginner or, you know, yeah. third away through the beginner's course. Something I took from uh, your video was um, recording in one go either and not like pausing and stuff like, because in, in your two hour video, which of course will be linked up. Um, it it is an about- hour and a half, by the way. Oh, just sorry. Like, it's less than two hours, just in case anyone's like, oh God. Two hours. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Um, I should stop calling it that. I should call it the how to wait the course documentary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I, that's copywriting one hundred and one. There, I should be, should be referring to it in the most positive way possible because it is. I mean, it helped me so much. Anyway, awesome. the thing the thing I was going to talk about was uh, which I liked because it was just like so honest. It was like your false starts. So you sat down <laughs> to record and you say the intro sentence. But you weren't like, uh, like you said something wrong or whatever. Or you weren't happy with it. But you didn't go, oh, shit, like stop, delete it, start recording again, three, two, one, blah, 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 blah. Oh, shit, shit, delete, start again. You just paused and tried again and paused and tried again and paused until you got it right. And I, and I just did the same thing in the two videos that I recorded this morning. If I screwed up, I just stopped. I went like clap, clap so I could see it in the um, audio waveform like paused for like five seconds, clap, clap. Cause then it's really obvious um, where I need to edit um, and then kept going. And so I did them both in like one take. I didn't need to go in backwards and forwards and edit and mix bits together. That's beautiful, man. Yes. That is the way to go. I learned that doing tutorials cause I've done tons and tons of tutorials and videos and I learned that the hard way. Cause I used to do that. I would stop recording completely or I'd get like, five minutes in and then I would mess up and then like, ah, crap, I need to redo this all. Well, I soon learned like, you know what? Particularly when I start, I do like, I just recorded a video yesterday and I did the same thing. I was, I had to cut out the first minute of what I recorded because it was all false starts. Mm -hmm. And then I finally got it. I finally got it and I was in the flow and I did it in one take from there. Um, nobody needs to know about those false starts. <laughs> and if I will say too, same thing, if you get five minutes in and you mess up, you could just pause your recording or you could just take a breather and then get back into it. And then you can always chop that out. I would always pause or make some sort of break. You don't have to stop recording like entirely, but you do want to pause or even just, if you just back away from the mic for, you know, 20 seconds, it's a great way to go because yeah, you don't have to keep on re-recording and just edit that file you have. Yeah, and, and as you do it more and more, you get more comfortable and you'll find yourself, <laughs> you know, editing less and less. Yeah. That big pause is really good um, to know how, like to, to know where to edit, right? Cause it really, yeah, don't, in. yeah, don't do a, don't do a short pause. So if you, if you mess up and then you get right back into it, you might forget about that. And then you could very easily overlook that. And then you could have a video that has, you know, uh, which I mean, most people are forgiving as long as it doesn't happen a lot. But you definitely don't want to miss those important things, particularly when people are paying hundreds of dollars mm. to, to buy a course. So yeah, a long pause will help you out in the video editing process. Yeah, so you can see it really obviously. And if you're worried about like trying to get it all done in one take, I don't think anyone really cares that you've cut the video halfway. Uh, 
you know, like I, I think that's a worry. Like, because I've thought about this before where I'm like, oh, people will obviously see on the camera that I just cut the video right at that point. But like, who cares? As long as they're still learning, um, you've probably just saved them time because they didn't have to sit. Like, I've literally cut out sentences that I've said um, in, in videos before. But I, the point of that is to save time because I'm just waffling on about some other crap. Like, they don't want to listen to that. So if I just cut that one sentence out, yeah, the video will jump. I, I might even move on the camera or something. Yeah. Uh, but who cares? Like, the- right, who cares? <laughs> it's you know what? That's a lot better than than a a minute of ramble that doesn't need to be in the video. It's much better to cut that out. And no one's going to be like, did you take James course? Yeah, it was good. But he like shifted in this one video. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it is, it's such a minor thing. And then I mean, how many people are literally watching the screen the entire time? Often they're going to be listening and then they might not literally be watching it. Mm. Um, so you always put a little fade in there to make it less intense if you like. <laughs> yeah. There's little tricks like that for sure. Yeah. Um, actually one other thing I was going to mention too, with Camtasia, um, with the multiple, like I used to pause in my videos if I wanted to like, like wait for a second, um, get, collect my thoughts and continue. I would hit the pause button and then hit play again when I was ready to go. Um, I found that actually causes issues with the, the more you pause, the more the audio and video gets out of sync. So that's why I've actually, I've completely stopped pausing now and just doing it in one take. Um, And and it's, it actually gets me more in the flow. Like you, like we've talked about already and it's been so good to just, I just pause for 10 seconds, collect. And I I know I'll cut that out later. That's great. That's good to know. And, and the other issue with pausing is not that I would ever do this, but you could forget that you have it on pause and you could record another 15 minutes and be like, ah, are you kidding me? I've done it. It's been on pause the entire time. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I think it's a great way to go, man. I use ScreenFlow, which is very similar to Camtasia. It's it's ScreenFlow Mm -hmm. for Mac, which is the, you know, screen recording and video recording. I really, that's all I use. I don't use any, I don't use like Final Cut or anything at that point right now. I keep it very simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, ScreenFlow does the job for me right now. So by golly. I'm going to use yeah, it. Yeah, nice. Do you, do you use like cursor effects in that so people can see where the mouse is and where you click? No, I I do some stuff with blurring, like um, with my cPanel course, which is probably, well, I'm going to say the most boring course, but one of the most important when you learn about hosting and cPanel and mm-hmm. domains and stuff. Uh, I did show some personal like IP address information and stuff like that. So I did blur that. Um, but no, there's, I don't do, I don't go too wild into the, the effects. I find that a little distracting to be honest, personally, Mm. I'd rather just see, I almost, I almost view it like if my student is sitting with me and we're looking at my computer and I'm showing them how to do things, that's kind of how I like to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, like almost, almost, and that's kind of a good way to just talk to like, almost feel like. I almost try to feel like the there's a group of people with me or behind me and they're just watching what I'm doing. And, um, that's kind of the, it makes it more conversational. It takes less pressure off you. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's how I record my videos at least for the course. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm going to give that a go. Cause I'm, I was just wondering if I'm going to need to do like anything to really show people where I'm clicking and stuff, but I guess it'll be pretty obvious. It's yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. Um, uh, we were going to talk about tools um, for building a course. So I guess we've got time. Like this might give me a long episode, but if you, if you're still keen to hang out. 
I'm good, man. Let's do it. Yeah, because I was curious what you were using for your course creation. Oh, man. Are you talking about like tech stack for hosting in that or? Uh, well, just like what, what platform are you building your course through? So right now, I still haven't fully decided. Um, I, I think I'm going to go against the um, word from a few of my friends who run courses. So uh, Moore Cohen, who was on this previously, uh, on our this podcast previously, has a design course. And um, Dave Foy, who has a, a funnel course. Uh, they both use Thinkific. And I was 100% going to do that um, because... I kind of like the idea of not even worrying about any of the tech and just putting the course up. And maybe that's a good idea for MVP. It's like a hundred bucks a month, but I mean, by the time you buy all the plugins and everything um, for WordPress, if you do it yourself, um, you're probably going to end up spending close to that anyway. Um, oh, but last minute I kind of pulled out and decided to go with WordPress and learn dash. Uh, and that's because in the future, I'm, I have plans to build some kind of like zap directory where people can go to get like inspiration on zaps and people can submit them and that kind of thing. And there's, it would have been a pain in the ass with Thinkific. So I need that flexibility. Yes. Yep. I, so I use WordPress and Learn Dash as well. Mm-hmm. Um, pros and cons with any platform. Uh, the cool thing about Learn Dash is you do pretty much have full control to customize it. Now, you are somebody who has a very robust network of designers and developers. So if you get into a bind, I'm sure you'll figure it out or you'll, mm-hmm. you'll get some help. And I imagine you have a decent budget, even with, shoot, 70-some pre-sales at 100 bucks, you've got mm-hmm. some budget to, to make mm-hmm. some adjustments and some customizations. Uh, if somebody has zero budget or very, very limited means, then I would say a platform that is pre-built that you really don't have much control over is probably a fine way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like Udemy is really popular. I have not done a course on Udemy and I had thought about putting my courses up on there, but then I was like, I don't want to be limited to what they do and what they offer. And I would, I want to have full control of the look and the feel and I want it to be on my site. Mm. Uh, and then I don't want them discounting it for 10 bucks at some point. You know, there's a yeah. lot of problems like that's that. That's what so- I was going to say with Udemy. Like that's a huge downside because they can just basically sell your course for five bucks if they want. Yeah. So, um, what I would, I've been thinking about is putting like a, a sample, like making another course, which is like a little mini version intro to Zapier and like from there try to get people to my own course like you have to be careful with that because i don't like you doing it that blatantly yeah but yeah and and i will say it with learn dash and wordpress with any wordpress development things are going to get tricky it doesn't matter if you're doing a membership site or a forum or or just a basic e-commerce like stuff gets tricky quick mm. um the cool thing about LearnDash, though, has integrated so well with WordPress, or excuse me, with WordPress. And recently, there was a big 3.0 update on LearnDash, and we updated it. And I was like, cr- cross my fingers. I was like, oh man, what's this going to do? Because they added a bunch of new features. Everything went fine. There was no nothing blew up. Nothing took my site down. It was fine. So LearnDash is is a great tool. It's very custom. It's very. I love the builder. Um, I love a lot of things about it. It does take some customization unless you're just cool with a basic look and feel, but I really wanted to brand it with my site. I wanted to have like a sticky Mm. sidebar on the, on the right. Um, I wanted to have a little more control with that. So it does take a little customization, but again, 
you know, for folks who have a designer or developer and their network, it's a great way to go. Uh, I'll just touch on real quick, the other tools that are all integrated in this, at least for my courses. So there's WordPress, LearnDash is the course builder. I actually sell my courses through WooCommerce. Okay. Uh, you can sell them right through LearnDash, but I was already using WooCommerce. I love the reporting. It's all integrated with MailChimp, which is what I currently use for my email stuff. Um, so it actually worked pretty well. There's some intricacies with that as well, but uh, it's, they all play really nicely together. Uh, and then I wanted to be able to have course payment plans, and I was able to work that out with WooCommerce with subscriptions. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of little things like that, um, but in long and short of it is WordPress, LearnDash, and then WooCommerce for the actual sales of the courses. Because you can make a WooCommerce product and then say, "Hey, this is uh, linked to this course," and then mm-hmm. when somebody buys the the product, it links them into the course, gives them access. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and then yeah, that feeds into Mailchimp. And the cool thing about that is when I send emails to my students, I can segment them in Mailchimp. I can just say, "Send an email to the people who bought this course." Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of cool things like that. So something you mentioned there, like, um, yeah, if I did not have an actual developer on our team, there's no way I would have done the WordPress route because I, even with a developer, I'm worried about, you know, um, backups, security, maintenance, um, plugging updates. Like you said, um, there's all this stuff that could potentially turn into worries down the track. And I know it has been a worry for quite a few people that are on WordPress um, especially when, uh, if it becomes high volume and lots of people need to go through it and you need to start mm-hmm. talking about like speeding things up, but th- for the, for all the people I know that have had issues, I know plenty of people on WordPress that are loving it. So yeah, it's, it's a hard one, but that's what I've decided to go with just for the flexibility. Well, I've done it. So I'd have my courses up for just under a year now, and I've never had any issues with LearnDash or WordPress. The only thing that happened, which wasn't involved with any of those tools, was I do my videos through Vimeo uh, because they give a lot of really good options for gating your content and adding special features that you just are not going to get with YouTube, which you don't want to do course videos on YouTube anyway. No. I would highly recommend using Vimeo or embedding them or something. Awesome, because uh, that's what I signed up for. Yes. Nice. Yes, Vimeo. <laughs> you'll love it, man. You'll love it. You can do presets. You can do all kinds of really cool stuff with Vimeo. Okay. Uh, but Vimeo went down for like... It was an evening. A student emailed me and was like, hey, I noticed the video isn't working on this lesson. Looked at it. I was like, oh, that's weird. Then I looked at another lesson and it wasn't working on there either. Uh, Vimeo had went down just briefly. I think it was a few hours maybe. Uh, but that's the only technical glitch I've ever had. But that could happen with anything. You could have a Vimeo yeah. webinar or you know something that... Exactly. The other day uh, I had... What went down? It was Cloudflare like on a huge service that powers so many websites. And um, I was, I had a interview scheduled with someone on, it was using appear.in um, and I tried to join. I couldn't join. And I'm, I, w- I stayed awake to like 1am because it was the only time slot that worked. I'm like, I can't get in. And it turns out that Cloudflare was down basically. And you know and I, what? I, I would much rather have a technical issue and have full control of the tools for me and my team to look into mm-hmm. opposed to like something going down on Udemy and then contacting their support wondering like what the heck's going on, you know, there's, so there's, you know, there's pros and cons to it. Um, again, I think the moral of the story is if you're in a position where you have a budget and you have designers and developers in your corner, or if you are one who can, you know, figure stuff out, I love learn dash. There's a few others too, like lifter LMS. I've heard really good things about that. There's a few others in the WordPress realm. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, Learn Dash oh, is and great. If you are going to go that way, you've got to have maintenance. That's like hundred. You need backups. You need a like yeah. Plan. That- if something goes down, like I, I think I might even completely duplicate our server. So if ever, anything does go wrong, I can literally just tick it, tick it over. One cool thing about LearnDash as well, I can attest to this, is I already had my site up and running. I, I don't have a separate course site. I had debated on doing like course.joshhall.co. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm running WordPress or um, you know WordPress, Divi, everything else. I've got my products through here with WooCommerce. I've got my tutorials and my layouts. I'd really like to have the course stuff here too and Learn LearnDash integrated perfectly. So I didn't have to recreate a full site I was able to just add Learn Press or excuse me, Learn Dash, and um, and just do some minor customizations with some additional plugins and some CSS, and nice. we're off and running. Awesome. So I'll quickly go through my tech stack for anyone listening. I will be doing a separate install at like courses.jimmyrose.me or whatever, um, whatever that is yet. Uh, and so it's basically going to be Learn Dash, um, Buddy Boss, which is a new theme that the guys at well, Buddy Boss just released. Uh, they, the previous one, Social Learner, was really popular. Um, now, but it was kind of getting heavy and bloated, and they've just redone it completely. Um, it's called Buddy Boss. I wasn't sure how it would be, but I've seen a few people like Adam Prisler, I think his name is, who does a lot of courses. He's using it um, now. Um, so that kind of got me over the line. I'm going to give that a go. Um, and I'm going to use WP Fusion to manage access control, which is um, it's a, basically a WordPress automation tool that can look at your CRM, so in my case, ActiveCampaign, and allow people access to various things based on what tags they have in ActiveCampaign, which is awesome. And then I'll be doing uh, the e-commerce part of it through Thrivecart because um, I already have a, um, like a subscription to that and um, I like it. I tends to want to leave financial stuff to third-party services because um, like I, I guess I've had subscription issues with WooCommerce in the past when I was doing client work and it's like scared me off using WooCom for subscriptions especially for one-off stuff I think it's fine but it scared me off <laughs> yeah um, I mean that's one that's one really cool thing about WordPress and LearnDash in particular is they work with so many different tools which mm-hmm. is great like you and I are using the same platform for courses, but we use so many different tools yeah. outside of those. Uh, yeah, the subscription stuff. Um, yeah, I used, uh, <laughs> I used, I will say, if you end up using WooCommerce deposits, that is not a subscription. I learned out the hard way. I got deposits and I did those for my course sales. And then I realized that when somebody bought a deposit, like a course on a deposit, it didn't automatically charge their card again. They had to manually enter their card for this invoice. So I had to enter, I had to go back and like individually reach out to everyone who did a subscription. And then I ended up using WooCommerce subscriptions, which has worked out really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does takes a little customization on the back end to get it working. But, uh, but yeah, either way, you know, there's, there's so many tools out there, but by golly, I, I personally feel like if you can use what you already have in place and what you're familiar with and comfortable with, that's a great way to go. It's going to nice. save you a lot of time and headache. Man, we've gone through so much stuff in this. Um, I think we should start wrapping up soon because people sure, are going to yeah. be there. I hope, hopefully, people listen to this in a couple of sittings. But I had one more question on recording and editing. Do you edit each lesson right after you record it or do you just record, 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 record and come back and edit? I, I tend to do it in bunches. So yeah. uh, if I'm doing, let's say like 
I have a lesson, or let's say I have a lesson with four topics. I will generally, once they're all written out, which I write every lesson out almost in its entirety, and then use that again as the script to do the videos. What I'll do is do generally like those four videos, I'll record them all, and then I'll go and edit them. I don't want to edit. I never edit a video the next day or a day after because I forget mm-hmm. where my pauses were, what needed to be edited. It's, it's much more fresh. So yeah, um, yeah. generally I'll do like, a, I'll do them in, uh, kind of like batches. Yeah, three or four that's, videos at a time. It's pretty much what I was thinking too. So and that's that, great. And really, <laughs> like your, your voice might give out a little bit after four videos of trial and error and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, you, can, you can quickly find yourself talking for a couple hours straight. I know my voice is not very strong. So after about four videos, it's good for me to take a break. And then that's when I can switch gears and do the editing. And it's good to switch gears too, because you do like after you do a handful of videos, you're going to be a little fried. It takes mm-hmm. so much concentration to do videos. It really does. I don't want to deter anybody, but anyone who has made any sort of video knows it just takes a whole, uh, it takes a lot out of you to do a video and make it engaging and not ramble and well, these wow. interviews are kind of the same. Um, and that's why it's kind of a pain in the ass for me that um, the only times that overlap with all the Americans, because it's mostly Americans on here, right? The time zone is always my morning. So I start oh, yeah. the day with a task that just burns me out like immediately and I've got to go do something else for a while. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. You know, yeah, I know we've been <laughs> trying to, we've been trying to do this for like two months Uh you know, getting in a, getting around yeah. to another episode. And yeah, I know that's tricky. Which, by the way, we were supposed to talk last night. Uh, and then James almost missed a whole week because my, we came home, my wife and I came home and the power was out. And we found out that a raccoon had gotten to a, uh, a utility box in the city. And they he, like chewed through a wire and knocked out power for like half the city. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, James, for being cool and uh, rescheduling with me. <laughs> no worries. Oh, man. Uh, no worries at all. And this has been unbelievable. There is so much stuff in this episode. Um, well, and I would say, too, like, um, yeah, every, anyone's welcome to go to my little behind-the-scenes thing. You don't even have to watch the video. You can just read the post if you want. I do have my full course creation process, which I break out into three phases. And then I go into my setup and my gear um, so a lot of it's there as well. Like I, I know we probably don't want to talk about video editing. That's a hard thing to yeah. have fun, you know, doing an interview on. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I might have to pick your brain on that later. But um, I, yeah, I will put the link to that course creation video up um, in the show notes, um, as well as links to all of Josh's courses. So what's the one you're working on right now? A web design business course. Yes, web design business course. Super excited about it. It's been requested for quite some time. I, I kind of put it off. Well, it's been it's just been a, a long summer with some some family stuff going on with my daughter and all kinds of stuff. But things have finally settled down to where I feel like I'm ready to vote. Like a really good month of of just building this course out. Um, and I'm kind of revamping and reworking my web design business at the same time. So I'm not just a course creator. Um, that's, it's kind of half of my, half of my, well, half of my time now, which I kind of wanted to share with you. Cause when I talked to you last year, I had just started doing courses. I wasn't making barely anything with this Josh Hall.co endeavor. All of my income comes had, then was coming from my web design business in transit studios. Um, today 
I'm on track to do six figures with courses and it's becoming nearly half of my time and half of my business. So it's been really cool. Like I've been able to scale and I don't say that boastfully. I just say that, you know, doing courses has been incredible and it's been the most meaningful, fun work that I've done. And uh, I mean, I still love building websites for clients and I love growing my team with the web design business. Uh, but to be able to do a course and to see it impact somebody's life and then help them grow their oh, business. Yeah. Like I had one of my students is making enough with their maintenance plan now that they were able to adopt the two kids that they were trying to adopt. And that oh, like, wow. I mean, how cool is that, man? How that's just so awesome. There's just so many stories like that, that courses have opened up for me. So yeah, been really cool. The other thing I wanted to say with that too, is I would not jump into a course unless you can make the time and you have to make the time. You can't find the time. Everyone's like, Oh, I'll find the time to do it. You have to make the time to really go through it and do it. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of people I feel like could rush into it and then it never gets done. Cause it is a lot of work. It, I do find that courses mm -hmm. go faster after you get a process and after you feel comfortable with it. Um, but I only started doing courses when I scaled my web design business to where I wasn't the only one doing everything. Yeah, so absolutely. I had a couple of team members to help out. Then I had, I was freed up to work on courses. I've literally got, I think 12 hours a week, uh, blocked out just for recording and some editing and I'll have to get editing done outside of that as well. So for like the next couple of months, probably I don't like, hopefully it won't take me that long. I'll get faster, but it's yeah, I've been spending a lot of hours every week, um, you know, at least a quarter of my time at the moment, um, just planning it out, maybe more. So, um, yeah. And you're, you're in the most difficult stage right now, James, to where like you just went through all of the mental stress of figuring out like, did you want to do it? How am I going to do it? Am I good at doing it? Is it going to sell? What tools am I going to use? Uh, once this is all in place and you get your, your first course out there, then the second one will go a lot smoother. Awesome. And then, like I said, once you get that in place, man, then you're, you're ready to rock and roll on other courses. That's kind of how I feel now. Like I have my process and, mm -hmm. uh, I can just get going and do what I love to do. Hell yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, uh, to it. Where can people find out about your web design course, business course? You can go to joshhall.co and you will see it on the front page, right? Well, I don't know when this is going live, but I'll have that up there for a while. Uh, but you can just go to joshhall.co slash web design courses. And there's a tab on the top for courses. So you can check out anything on there. If you're, they're really primarily for web designers. Uh, some agencies have come through and found a really good success, particularly with one of my courses on the web design process. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm looking and I'm just, I'm kind of building out more and more courses to where it's almost like a little mini university. People can <laughs> go there and they can pick, they can pick one or two courses, or I do have a bundle option where that's one thing I'd recommend too, is if you have quite a few courses, make a bundle option. People love bundles. <laughs> we are going to need to have another chat about uh, course marketing when marketing. I'm, when I'm through a lot of all of this, uh, the, the trenches yeah, why don't, right now. Why don't you launch your first course and then write down all of your mistakes and then we'll cover them together. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure there'll be a ton of them, man. All right, Josh. Wow. Okay. That was, I think this might be one of the longest episodes I've ever had, um, but it was full of awesomeness. Thank you so much for sharing. No problem, man. Yeah. I, I know it's a bit of a, again, a, a kind of a, a, a niche, a niche uh, topic. <laughs> Uh, but you know, hopefully people got a lot out of it. And then for those who are interested in creating courses, I'm telling you, it is, it's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. There's so many pros to it. So hopefully people enjoyed this one and, uh, hopefully they'll be down for marketing stuff next time we talk. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. All right. Thanks, James. Uh, on that note, if you would like to check out my Zapier mastery course, you can uh, check it out at jimmyrose.me slash zapier-mastery. Um, there is a, I'll, I'll link this up, of course, but also uh, th- there's a opt-in there to jump on the list for when it goes live in a couple of months. Um, and of course, go check out Josh's courses at joshhall.co. That's J-O-S-H-H-A-L-L.co. Uh, and I will see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.